there was a time that I called my friend and I was like upset. And I'm like, I just have to tell somebody this. I'm so mad at my kid. I picked up the game pieces that we were playing with and I chucked them at her. Like I threw them at her and I yelled at her. <laughs> like I just have to tell someone because I have to laugh right now at myself. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives. And at the end of the day, we are all moms. All at the same time and never in the same order. <laughs> this is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. Hey guys, welcome to Hi, My Name is Mom. We are unwitting homeschool teachers all of a sudden, and I'm one of the resistance. <laughs> I think we all feel like we're failing no matter what we're doing. I think every parent is just like over, over, underwater, whatever. Part of my problem is there's so many links. Like there's, yeah. here's an idea of a lesson plan and here's 800 links on what you could potentially do. And each link takes you down the Alice in the Wonderland rabbit hole of a billion other things. And it's just so confusing. It's so true. I think right now it's about surviving and not letting your kids be dumber. Not about teaching them anything. <laughs> I didn't want to be a homeschool teacher, you guys. And I get frustrated that I'm supposed to homeschool while I'm also trying to work. And then I feel like it gets taken out on my poor six-year-old and he's he's trying to read to me. And I'm like reading a work email and pretending. And then he's like, mom, mom. And I just feel like it's, I, don't, I feel like I'm failing, guys. It's also given me an extreme appreciation for all my kids' teachers. Me too. I love them. So Jen and I have definitely been struggling, me more so than Jen, because she's like killing it. We have Kayla's sister with us here today, and she actually knows what she's doing. She is a homeschool mom before all of this craziness. And so she's going to give us some advice and probably tell us that we're doing it all wrong. Hi, Leah. Hello. Thanks for having me. We are so relieved to have you on today. I feel like Jen is underplaying how well she's doing this homeschool thing because you should see her <laughs> post the day before. The day before she started homeschooling, it was like a Pinterest post. She okay, had all the chairs lined up. She had the blackboard ready, all of the school supplies. It was beautiful. And I, it made me feel like I am going to tell you that that is hysterical. There are several different types of moms, right? There's the real homeschool teacher who's like really homeschools her children. And then there's the rest of us who've been sort of thrown into this pot. And we have extremes of that, right? Like we have me who you know, is sort of kind of in the middle. We have people who are like Corey described that are like printing everything, super structured, making sure their kids, you know, start next year way ahead. And then we got our friend Corey over here <laughs> using the iPad. <laughs> and I think if an app has the word education in it, it's school. Uh, yes, exactly. Exactly. Leah, tell us a little bit about your background as a mom and as a homeschool mom. I actually was an elementary education intervention specialist before homeschooling. I have three kids, 10, 8, and 6, and I'm in my fifth year of homeschooling. And it was never on my radar to ever be at home homeschooling my kids. You never thought about homeschooling them before? No, 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 no. I was just going to go back to teaching when my kids were old enough in school. Yeah, what was the... Okay, we had moved right when my oldest was going to be in preschool. And um, I didn't know the area, didn't know what it was. And I was like, okay, we'll just, I'll kind of sit in this. I didn't know where we were going to end up wanting to stay for a while. And I didn't want to move around. So we just decided to homeschool one year and it turned into five because we love it. 
what are some of your favorite things that you can use as tools to help homeschool your kids? There's no one way to do it. And that's what's so beautiful. Like there's so many reasons to homeschool and everyone has a different one, but there's classical education. There's the Charlotte Mason education. There's very eclectic. There's the unschooling. Like there are so many different avenues that you can look into to decide what's best for your family. What do you think the main benefits of homeschooling are outside of obviously keeping everyone safe from a virus? I'm not tied to another schedule. I'm not like you guys are doing homework with your kids, depending on what it is. Like you're not choosing how that fits with your family. What you say really resonates with me because, you know, I have kids in three different grade levels. I know you have a lot of kids and mine are kindergarten, second and fourth. And when the links started coming, like every week I would get like eight or 10 attachments of worksheets and websites. And I was like, you know what? I have to take what they're sending us because ours are not just just for purposes of transparency, our districts are not for grades. They're not for promotion. They're extra work. Other districts, they are for grades and it's required and it's part of their promotion criteria. But for us, I kind of looked at all of it in the beginning and I was very excited. Like Corey said, I was like, let's set this up. Let's do this. Right. And I came away after that first day thinking three things. I want my kids to have better handwriting at the end of this. I want them to enjoy reading and I want them to get back to reading for fun instead of reading to just AR test over and over and over again. And if that means reading below their grade level, that's okay. I want them to enjoy it. And the third is I want them to like master something, whether that's like learning to master Mario Kart or learning to bake cakes. Like I want them to feel like they came out of it with a skill. So for me, it's this sort of tiny bit of time where I'm like, I want, I want a couple things that I can check boxes off and beyond that everything else will sort of settle itself out. And what I, what I think is a lot of that mentality maybe actually really does jive with homeschool. It's like figuring out what kind of criteria and curriculum works for your family and going forward that way. And to that end, I'm now considering homeschooling my oldest <laughs> child in the fall. No, you're winning. You were saying that you didn't know what you're doing. Like that is exactly, you don't need me here. That's exactly what I would say. You have your family value, your structure, how your family operates, whether your kids are in school or not. And then you just look at that and think, so how does learning come into play with what we're already doing in our home? I did teach my kids to do laundry the other day. Perfect. I called that home ec. I'm not sure if that really flies anywhere, but it's got to be. It does. It totally does. So We stopped school for a whole entire week earlier this fall, and we're like, we're doing nothing but training you how to do your chores. That's because really you're doing smart. a really crappy job at it and we're fighting about it. So that's what we're learning. Like you just, you can, that's the freedom part. You know, you can stop whatever else is going on to focus on what you want to do. Not only do I just go, oh my gosh, like I, I want to be a good mom and I want to provide him what he needs, but I don't have any time. I keep going, when am I supposed to pull these lessons together? Let him play. He's in kindergarten. Play. I think we've taken the um, trust out of our kids, just what they're naturally bent towards and want to do, how much they can learn just from playing. I'm not lying when I tell you my kids get maybe an hour of school a day, between 30 minutes and an hour. And it just depends. Some days our, our teachers are wonderful and they're doing, you know, once or twice a week, they're doing an hour, you know, sort of Google hangout with the kids. And so I know they get that structure, but otherwise I, I realized early on that if I was going to do handwriting, I wanted to be able to walk away. So I just took a little easel and I'd say, today we're going to write a letter to Lane Lane or Baba or Nana or Pop Pop or someone. 
And I realized my kids had no idea how to write a letter, my second graders and my fourth graders. So we slowly are implementing things like that that are helping Jen, them. will you just stop showing off, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a two-sentence letter. <laughs> Can I send my kids to your house? My point is Radley could probably copy it. If you wrote it on a sheet of paper and walked away, it would take him 15 minutes to do it, first of all. So you could have 15 minutes. That's where the, the selfishness comes into play for me. If I want 15 minutes of calm, I need to give them an assignment and dangle a carrot of like, I'll buy you some Robux at the end of it or something like no, that. No, I'm exaggerating. I mean, we do have Rad doing, you know, his teacher has him reading a book and having some exercises that go with that every day. And, and usually there's a writing, a writing portion where he's writing a letter to someone or journaling and then doing some, you know, free reading or something like that. So it's probably, it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be. It's more that it's gone on longer than we anticipated. And the longer it goes on, the more I feel like I could potentially mess him up. I think you're making me feel a lot better, Leah, because <laughs> everything you're saying is like, don't worry about it. And I think that's exactly. important for people to hear right now. I know there's more people like me out there who, number one, don't have the time to homeschool. Number two, just don't have the desire to. Not in a bad way. We love our kids. It's just that's not what we want to be doing. I'm barely domestic as it is. I'm like, oh, I have to feed these children three times a day. I love them. I guess I'll do it. You know, that's how, that's who I am. <laughs> and I'm, which is very different from Kayla and from Jen. And so I, I am very intent on making sure that I am doing right by my kid while also knowing it's just not really my thing. Um, so I think it puts my mind at ease and probably a lot of listeners minds at ease to go like, you know, don't worry about it too much. I want to create and teach them how to learn how to stay curious, how to research to find out what they want to know. And if books and curriculum are part of that to make what they're interested in and what they have to like, you need to know your math and you need to read. But the other stuff on top of that, the freedom in that, it can be geared more towards interest. And there are credits to be followed the older you get too, but that will look different when you're in that, that age. And I can't speak to the junior high and high school. I've heard a lot of people say that though, that they, they intend to homeschool during early elementary years. And I, I get why, you know, it's like you want to establish like a love of learning and a love mm -hmm. of reading and give your kids that baseline so that later on it helps them if they go to public or private school, it helps them, helps them out a little bit more. Cause I can tell you, even just in the six weeks that my kids have been home or close to two months now, actually, because of the tornado, I've seen such a difference with them. And it's that yeah, they're only getting an hour a day, but they're getting an hour of like kind of quality time versus being at school for seven hours and two thirds of it is other kids and lunch and like all this stuff that just has very little bearing on how they're going to turn out, you know, at the end mm -hmm. of the day. What would you, if you were describing for our listeners, like how would your sort of morning look? You start with the oldest child, the youngest child, you get them going. How does, how does that schedule lay out? It kind of changes. So I hate, because I'm telling you, like, this is freedom. This works for you. I would hate to say, like, you know, here's the best way. But for us, what it looks like is they get up, they get their chores done, and I'm still getting up, getting dressed. Like, I, I would love to get up before my children, but I just, I don't. They come in when they're awake, and they wake me up, and they start doing their chores. I get around, come downstairs. They usually have them done, and then we'll eat breakfast. And then we hang out at the table and we, we just get going. And the youngest one has some things that he can do. Um, he's six. And I just started with kindergarten with him really halfway through the year. 
He does some independent work and it's usually it's playing with something. It sounds like what you're doing. So my six-year-old was in Montessori school for three years. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there's a lot of similarities where it's very student-driven. It's it's driven by what they're interested in. And I think that's probably a good angle to take it home where if your kid shows interest in something, like if my kid loves Legos, well, let's turn that into him building something right now. And then he's using his brain, or at least that's what I'm telling myself right now as we talk. But that's perfect. And then when he yeah. gets older, you take the same Legos and turn them into a fraction lesson, you know? Like he can see it then because he knows how the bricks break down. And I almost think you could make stations like they had at Montessori school and they call everything work. But it's these stations where maybe they're washing a pumpkin or the littler kids are learning to take a sponge, dip it in water and squeeze it out into a bowl, which sounds ridiculous. But those are these little skills they're, they're starting to learn. And I almost feel like that would be an easy way to set something up at home right now where you can create these little stations for your kids and like Jen said, keep them occupied. Maybe if they're older, maybe you have them, you know, washing and drying dishes or something where Mm -hmm. it's where you're actually turning these little pieces of life into school and letting that be okay right now. Definitely. And I even have my oldest one. Part of her school is like read to her youngest brother while I'm working with the middle one. So it all works out. Do you have any like one piece of advice that you would give all of us parents just trying to survive right now? Is there anything that you can point to as being like, this is, this is homeschool gold. Follow this. Trust yourself. Like that mother instinct doesn't go away. It's the same thing when you know when they're hurt or you like, you just know things when you have babies, you send them to school. So you just like, you can push that part back maybe a little bit, but it's like, you still know what your kids need to know. Savor your relationships right now with them. We'll have you put together some links for us, for us to share with our listeners so that we can share those resources so that if somebody just wants a landing page to go to and start, you know, getting information from, they have that. And then for anybody listening that might have a question for Leah, we can always reach out to her and ask her. Leah, thank you so much for talking us through this. My dear friend from LA, Megan McNulty, is a badass at all of this. And I have watched her teach children ever since I've known her. And so we just thought we'd get some advice from someone who knows more about this than we do. Hi, Megan. (laughs) Hi, Jen. Hi, Corey. I have been growing this little business called The Tiny Tutor for just about two years now. I got my master's in special ed and I was a private academic tutor for 20 years. And I took kids literally from teaching them how to read up until their college applications, no joke. For most of our kids, and in the 20 years I did this, the biggest thing I did is get their confidence back. And if they can be confident starting at age three or four as an early reader with early mental math skills... It changes everything. It's so interesting to hear you say this. I, I've, been, I've been just really struggling with my kids because I know they like to read when they're at home. We read with them at night. I know that they like to read on their own as well. But they would feel so much pressure going to school, taking the AR tests. And they'd be like, I'm not reading at my Lexile. I can't test on that. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I petitioned our principal to allow us to do AR tests at home. And she went to the county, got approval. So my kids read every single day and they read books that are below their level. But you know what? They test on them. They ace those comprehension tests and they feel good about about reading. And to me, that's been the thing with the public school system. I mean, I think everywhere, but, but here specifically, that's really kind of dragged my kids back a little bit. And I'm so happy the silver lining of this for me is that 
they've kind of gotten that love of reading back a little bit. Can I just ask you, how much time a day should parents be spending on homeschooling their kids? Because I know this varies widely across the board, and I know that the answer is probably pretty simple. I would say about two hours a day. You could go maybe up to three. Even sometimes an hour, an hour and a half can be enough. You have to know your kid and what they can handle. My daughter, she needs to just barrel through her work and be done, and then she can play the rest of the day. And then her and her younger brother are doing creative games outside, and that's great. But you need to know what your kid can handle. So here's what I'm doing. Um, I'll do about an hour of distance learning where I support her as needed. I help her make sure she's on the right links and turning things in. I check her sentences and her math before she turns it in. So that's about an hour. And then I do about an hour to maybe an hour and a half of mom work, of mom, tiny tutor, second grade homeschool. So yeah, I'm about two to two and a half hours a day. But I'm doing it roughly 8.30 or 9 a.m. to about 11, 11.30. Then they're on lunch, a teeny bit of TV time, and then they're playing. I totally agree. I just, I feel really bad that we have a lot, I know we have a lot of listeners, um, friends, family, whatnot, who are struggling with it because they feel like they're literally nose to computer hours and hours a day. And I'm like, there's a problem here if that's really how you're spending this time, right? I, I think we all at the beginning of it had these, grand ideas that we were going to do fun things. At least I was like, I'm going to teach my kids a skill. I was determined. I'm going to teach my kids sign language. We have these great sign language cards. And I'm like, we're going to come out of this with a skill. And then I talked myself out of it. I'm like, this is not the time to come out of it with a skill, right? The time to come out of it just surviving is now. We're not going to end this whole period of craziness we're in looking at like all the new skills they got. I think we're going to look at, did they, did we keep them where they they were at? And did we... I'm going to get like teary eyed here. Like we spend more time with them. Look, look at the schedule I'm keeping. I'm insane. I have 8,000 jobs and I'm sometimes I feel like I'm not spending enough time with them, you know, but this now I'm like, I'm spending time with them. And are we giving them community as we can? Are we getting on the Google meets? Are we getting on Facebook messenger with their friends? Are we giving them opportunities for community? as much as we can. And are we just spending time? Yes, we can all resort to the tablet and like the tablet and TV. I'm a-okay with that right now because this is hard times, but five minutes a day, three times a week, you will make them so confident as a three, four, five-year-old and it will change their educational track. It will change their confidence for the rest of their lives. I am concerned about these kids, particularly the little ones, jumping straight into a new grade with a new teacher and just being so jarred by, you know, this loving, safe environment that Rad's had and he was in this great routine and now it's harder and harder to keep that routine. And I just feel like there's going to be sadness and pushback when he jumps from only being two months into this semester of kindergarten going straight into first grade with new everything. I couldn't agree more. It's a big deal because our kids need closure, whether that comes in the form of a group dance or a a Zoom (laughs) graduation ceremony you give them, or you make a cap and gown. I don't know, but they need to celebrate that and know that like I did this thing and it didn't just um, disappear, right? It didn't just go away. And where did that go? Because then we get fear. All their hard work. And that is the opposite of confidence. 
I love that you said like Monday to Friday, like still keep that structure because I have so much on my plate and I tend to manage him rather than engage with him. And Mm -hmm. I hate that. And I'm aware of it. Like just before we jumped on the podcast, I was sitting with him, reading with him. And the moment my attention turned away because I had gotten an email that I kind of needed to read, he grabs my hand and I can just feel him want that attention back. They want the interaction yeah. and they don't need it all day. But you said this earlier, uh, Corey, like the second we drift to the phone, they call us out and the older they get, Mackenzie calls me out all the time. But I think just like we said, having realistic expectations, Saturdays and Sundays, we're sleeping in, we're in PJs, we're doing no work. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of going, oh, well, I was like, he didn't do this schoolwork on these days as much as I as he could have. So let's put some in Saturday. And I think that just gets confusing and, and probably is, is some weeks are different than others. And you have to do that. But like, yeah, I also said, I'm doing this for nine weeks. And on May 15th, the school of mommy will close down. Is your advice to just go like, Hey, school's out. Let's celebrate a little kindergarten graduation. And then just read during the summer, like just read, have free time, play. And normally school ends and then they go to summer camp and they play. I don't think this should be any different this year. I think our kids are thinking, Oh my God, I have to do this all summer. Let them know. No, like, it's just a few more. It's just a couple, yeah. two or three more we're, we're weeks. We're going to go to the pool. We're going to take food to the pool. We're going to relax all day. Like we need that. We Our kids need to know that the real summer's. And, and honestly, yeah. on, as a mother, I needed to hear that. In my mind, I'm like, what can I keep him doing? And I think it's as, equally as important for the parents as yeah. it is for the kids to go, I don't have to keep this pressure on myself to be your teacher all summer. The more we can have people like Megan who have kind of sifted through already and are familiar with all of these various options, then it's not a full-time job for us to try to figure out what we are supposed to be teaching our kids. Well, it also just then allows us the space to give ourselves some much-needed grace. Yes. I'm really hard on myself, and I need to take a step back every single day and be like, this doesn't matter. You know, stop. They're going to remember the games they played with their family. Um, They're not yet. My 10 year old's going to remember the day that I literally gave her a box of pink cake mix and pink frosting and let her make a pink cake covered in Halloween decorations. Like that's what she's going to remember. And I have to remind myself about that every day. I'm out of Starburst and I let her eat like the equivalent of like 15 Starbursts. (laughs) I mean, think about, look at us. I mean, I'm sure like a ton of us are, oh, I'm going to, I have this exhaustive list of things that I'm going to accomplish during quarantine. That's not happening. Everybody was going through all of these phases of like frustration and anger and, you know, complacency and all of these things. And our kids are experiencing that too in their own way. And now we're just here. So it's like, what are we going to do moving forward? What are we going to be grateful for? And how can we come out of this in a way that will help our kids be confident and be lifelong learners? Like I What you've said really hits home with me because I do sometimes just start to ask rad questions just naturally or we'll start to like distract the kids with some kind of random game in the car. Like instead of just playing I spy, we go I spy something that starts with the letter T. And so we just do these different takes on games and you're making me feel like I'm doing things naturally. Like you're making me feel empowered where I'm going, oh, I kind of do that already. Maybe I'm not feeling. nature to do this stuff. We just forget, right? Because it's overwhelming. And I hope too with all of this, I'm just helping parents cut through the clutter. We've all experienced the, just the onslaught of, of resources, whether it's from distance learning or all this websites. And it's like, so I just was trying to pick and pull. And if you choose to go to the Tiny Tutor, you don't have to. But if you choose to, then you don't have to go to these other places, right? So we took Tiny Tutor one more step, and I started to create boxes. 
So you have all the materials, you have your, you have your board books and the sight word cards that come from the board books and you have your letter cards and your sound cards and your writing journal and your dough mats to make the letters and all these things. And then you have these videos that we make. Are these boxes available? Can people yes. buy these? So everything is on my website, thetinytutor.com. You're the tiny tutor across all the socials. Yeah. So uh, Amazing. Uh, the tiny tutor on Facebook, the tiny t- at the tiny tutor on Instagram, thetinytutor.com is my website. I'm also a dance teacher at my daughter's school. I've been putting, um, you know, from hip hop to lyrical to country line dancing. That's all up there. I'm also kind of an aggregator. I've pulled from scholastic and all kinds of sources that I have access to as an educator. And it is a fully fledged out weekly curriculum with schedules. And by the end of this, I will have nine full weeks of that up. Parents can supplement it with what they're doing with distance learning. They can pick and choose. They can follow the week as is. So I'm doing that on top of Mackenzie's distance learning. First of all, I mean, that's amazing. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) I'm an insane person. I just feel good about showering and then opening a bottle of wine. Yeah. You know how they say that you should, you know, kiss your spouse, like take, do more than a peck every day because it connects you. And I find that if I can just get down on my kids level and just look them in the eye and talk to them about something, even the little one and a half year old, if I really just take the time to just look him in the eye and have those little moments that I think those are so meaningful. And I know for me, I forget to do that every day, but when I do, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's meaningful to them. And it almost like, it just makes you feel reconnected. I was just going to say, it's the connection. They feel that connection. I love what you said earlier, Corey, about, uh, you said not manage, but connect. Not manage my kids, but engage with them. Engage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was really good. I like that. I love that phrase. I'm going to take that from you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not somebody who feels like I'm, I, I, Granted, I think like everybody else is just like guilt when you're also just working and feeling like you're focusing on things other than your kids. But I mean, I guess number one, we're here to be like, hey, we're all doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I, I think just everyone feeling like they're not alone in it is make helps, you know? Absolutely. So and I mean the truth too, and not just like smoke and mirrors of it all of like, everything's great and I'm doing all these things. Like it's not that way. I don't think many people feel like they're just like killing it, killing <laughs> quarantine, man. I'm just nailing quarantine. <laughs> No one, no one, I, I don't care what your social media says. You don't feel that way. No way. You don't feel that way. And if you do, man, uh, oh, give me whatever you're drinking. You know, it's, it's moments like this that I think uh, it makes me just like breathe a sigh of relief. Honestly, Megan, for you to go like five minutes, three times a week or whatever, like get on that level and put in that time and set a timer, man. Hey, you know what? Like, here's my 10 minute timer and this is my time with my kid and I'm just going to put everything else aside and those and little... With that. And don't spend the rest of the day being like, but it wasn't 15. No, you're being like, yeah. I did it. And we had yeah. one thing, one little moment. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's so invaluable. Um, I feel like you have just been this wealth of information. You're amazing. I want to be just like you. <laughs> Make sure you follow us at Hi, My Name is Mom Official. Hi, My Name is Mom on Facebook and Hi, My Name is Mom.com. Everybody hang in there uh, with this quarantine thing. We're just, remember, we're having all this quality time. Remember? We're all in it together. Your name is Mom.